Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner, and BizSimply is the all-in-one HR workforce management rotate operation software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. But start and end with the experience. And every, every brand has an experience, right? Some are just better than yeah. others. So we are, we are constantly striving weekly, daily, to re-emphasize like, what does that experience look like? And it starts with, as you turn on to our location or onto our property, we have surround sound stereo that's inside and out. So there's music playing, there's a, an atmosphere or a vibe, if you will. And I think to me, when, when someone comes to visit, you are the host of the party. And it's up to you whether that party's gonna be fun or whether it's gonna be dull, but you, you are the, you're the host, it's entertainment. And so, providing that atmosphere as you start. Then we have what we call a runner position who will come outside and take an order face-to-face and using an iPad to send that order inside to, to be efficient. But you're having a face-to-face human interaction. And that's it's a really, really interesting topic in the space of drive-through everything, not just coffee, because certain brands are really gravitating towards using AI technology to automate that. and call me old school, but I don't think you'll ever replace the element of human interaction. Please meet this year's last guest, Darren Spicer, CEO and co-founder of Plus Coffee Bar, which is a US-based coffee company that is dedicated to deliver great employee and customer experience and is on a mission to redefine the drive-through beverage experience. And in this conversation, we'll learn about the daily dedication they have as an organization to the three C's of clutch, customers, culture, and community. We learn about how they build a company from the inside out that not only delivers great business results, also have a positive impact on the local communities. Darren shares how they are building a people experience that not only makes them a great employer, but also makes their operation and customer service excel at new levels. Darren shares how they and the leadership team are using great books like Good to Great to leverage themselves as a team. And he shares how they run action learning sessions around different leadership books. If you liked today's episode, it will mean the world to me if you can leave a review of the show on either on our website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The better the reviews, the better the guest, and ultimately, the better the learning is for you. Now, of course, grab coffee and notebook. There's lots of entrepreneurial hacks in this conversation on how you build an organization people want to join and the customers rave about. Enjoy. I'm very excited today because we actually haven't had many guests, even though many of you know my background actually has a connection with coffee and building coffee change and cafes and 
So there's been a couple of people talking where we've been talking coffee, but never like really in 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 the last I would say year, maybe not in a new paradigm. And uh, Darren, who is on the the call today, is the CEO of a very exciting coffee brand, moving fast in the US, Clutch Coffee Bar. And we're going to be talking about, you know, how the approach has been building this business over the last couple of years and how they really are using, you know, culture as a vehicle, but also really are doing things slightly different than you normally say. And that's definitely what I got out of my my research, but also my conversation with Darren. But enough of that. Let Darren talk a bit more about the, the company. Welcome to you, Darren. It's a great pleasure to have you here on the, the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I, I'm very excited to have a great, great conversation today about coffee. Yeah. It, and tell me a bit about how did you get that coffee bug? Because, you know, uh, you know, you're probably not, not what you've been doing all your life, but you have a very, very interesting story and in where you got into coffee. Absolutely. So... I first got into the coffee space when I was 18 years old and I was working at a grocery store and I had to walk by this coffee kiosk inside every day. And there were very attractive girls working there who had a tip jar that was overflowing. And as I'm stocking grocery store shelves and I'm like, man, that, that looks like a lot more fun than what, than what I'm doing. So I just asked, I said, Hey, how do you, how do you get a job here? And was fortunate enough to have that be kind of my entry point to get into the into the space and fell in love not only with with coffee, but I think more importantly, the people aspect and relationships, both with customers and with coworkers. And so that was kind of my initial entry in. I worked in in the coffee space, both in a cafe and a drive-through setting all the way through college. And then I got an adult job. And as I progressed my career in, in medical device sales, there was something that just kept pulling me back. And I said, that I have this, I have this itch to scratch. And I really was passionate about wanting to, to make a career out of, out of the coffee space. So I went back to the last company that I had worked at and I was on their track to try to franchise. This is in 2014, 2015. And they ended up changing their model three quarters of the way through the program, changed their model to where there was no more franchising offered. And so that kind of just really pushed me and inspired me to branch off and start and start my own. So spent about a year and a half ideating and, and collaborating with two other co-founders and Clutch Coffee Bar was born in 2018. And we are five and a half years old now and just about to open up location number 10. Yeah, and you open up in a you know in a in a time of the world where you know with the pandemic and so on, so much disruption and change. Talk a bit about the journey from from you know launching the the first business now to you know you 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 on this fast growth journey. What has been like you know the the top milestones on that? Yes, I think the first biggest milestone was just taking taking the risk and the chance and, and going for it. And what I what I told myself at the time, because I, I took I took an 80% pay cut from what I was doing in the medical sales world to to start this and go on to a, a founder salary, we'll call it. And the biggest thing that I told myself was I want to go for this. And if, if it doesn't work out, we'll fail fast. But I will have regret if I don't shoot the shot here and, and go for this, right? And if I stay on the sidelines and watch this industry continue to grow, 
and then say, oh, I, I thought about that or I could have done that. Nah, like what did I actually do? So that was a big milestone getting on the board and doing that. We, the first agreement we signed for our first couple locations, I actually signed while I was on my honeymoon in Australia. And so there's a, when the book comes out at some point in the future, there's a, there's a, a really cool photo of me signing the papers while I was in Sydney. And, and so that was, that was the first big milestone. And then I think the next one, honestly, was, you know, you have your first couple locations and they, they started to do really well. And it's like, okay, how do we take this and share it, share what we offer to customers and, and impact other, other communities. And so the last year and a half has been really exciting because it's kind of put us on this express lane to, to growth and, and, you know, we will almost double in size this year and we plan on doubling mm. again in size in 2024. Wow. Wow. So what is it that, you know, when you think about coffee, it's, it's still, it's crazy. I think I joined coffee back in it was 2002 as well. And it's still like a growing industry and there's always something, a new take on it coming. And you have, of course, your, your big, your big established coffee chains that stays here. But, but what is like the problem you're solving with, with people's coffee habits? I think, I think it's a combination of, of a, of a problem, but I think it's also delivering a value and a service that they haven't experienced before. So mm. from the drive-through perspective, I, I would say we are, we are problem solvers in the sense of how do we get you a phenomenal product in a very fast and efficient way with customer service that is unmatched? That's, that's really the, the focal point for us every single mm. day. And so you could, you could argue we solved the problem, if you will, during the pandemic, right? When unfortunately a lot of cafe concepts where you would be in closer contact, you know, had a lot of restrictions put on them. The model that we were in or are in was set up pretty efficiently to continue to be able to, to service people. And so we actually saw a really large jump in, in volume during that time. I think people also needed an outlet to go see another human face and talk to someone else besides whoever they were cooped up with at home for a while. So that was, it got, kind of became mini therapy sessions for people. And then I think in terms of the, the value of what we're offering to people, the way I describe that is think about when you got your first smartphone, you didn't know you needed it until you had it and you go, oh my gosh, like how have I been living without this before, right? It was just a, change, a game changer. And so that's, that's kind of the experience people often get when they, you know, they leave the bigger brands that they've traditionally gone to because that's all that's been available in their community. And then Clutch comes along and they're like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know this level of, of quality speed service existed. I'm not going back. I'm, I'm now committed to, to Clutch. Um, and we see that in our, our loyalty participation rates as well, where we, we have, I think we do a pretty good job of retaining uh, customers. Just to the listeners that, that, that maybe don't, you know, hear about your first time. So your typical operating model, how does that look? How does the site look? What what should I expect as I'm approaching your site? Yeah. So when you turn on to the, to the property, um, most of our locations are about half an acre, but when you turn onto the property, um, we have a, most of our locations have a drive-through window. And so usually the line will kind of wrap around the building to, to form a drive-through line. 
And then we also on the other side will have a walk-up window, which currently people will, you know, park, come sit out on the patio, have a, you know, have a, a coffee, use it as a meetup point. We're also about to launch mobile ordering at certain stores. And I think that's as someone who utilizes mobile ordering myself, I think that is a huge benefit that we can give to customers who, you know, really want the coffee. Maybe they don't have five or 10 minutes if the line was long to, to wait and they want to just be able to place that order and, and go. So try to, try to help people from, from different angles. And do you have like an indoor experience? This is all around the, you know, the, the drive through the, the walk up through window. Is there any indoor kind of experience like you would do into a traditional coffee kind of business? Yeah, we we have one location that has an indoor lobby, but our model is focused on the drive through and and walk up. Our our preference is not having any any guest experience inside. You you talked about it when we had the pre call as well that you know you you're growing very fast. But what is exactly the the deeper mission then of the business? What is that you want to achieve? You know that in you know almost impossible thing you want to reach out there. I'll, I'll answer that in two parts. I mean, our, our daily mission is we want to be clutch for our customers every single day. And so that means we, we are there for you when you need it and exactly what you need. We are, we are there for you on that. Um, our broader mission, I think, is to impact as many communities as we can. And I, I don't say that lightly in the sense of serving coffee. We very much become a pillar in the community and partner with local education with other uh, causes that are important locally and really try to become a a piece of the fabric of the community uh, instantly because that's part of the responsibility I feel we have as a business is not just to operate and to make money, but to, to impact people and, and really be part of part of the community. And um, um, how how are you delivering? You know that that experience you're talking about because I think a lot of people talk about that they want to li- deliver, of course, quality product at high speed. You know, with great customer service. But what is that you are doing that's that's slightly different? What is that as a customer? I go away and feel when I've been visiting Clutch. So it starts and ends with the experience, and every every brand has an experience, right? Some are just better than yeah. others. So we are, we are constantly striving weekly, daily to reemphasize, like, what does that experience look like? And it starts with, as you turn on to our location or onto our property, we have surround sound stereo that's inside and out. So there's music playing, there's a, an atmosphere or a vibe, if you will. And I think to me, when, when someone comes to visit, you are the host of the party and it's up to you whether that party is going to be fun. Or whether it's going to be dull, but you, you are the you're the host. It's entertainment, and so providing that atmosphere as you start. Then we have what we call a runner position, who will come outside and take an order face to face, and using an iPad to send that order inside to to be efficient. But you're having a face to face human interaction, and that's it's a really interesting topic in the space of drive through everything, not just coffee, because certain brands are really gravitating towards using. AI technology to automate that and call me old school, but I don't think you'll ever replace the element of human interaction. And if you can do that in a very efficient manner, better than others, I think it's it's what's going to help keep us different than other brands. So that's part of it. The quality of what we do, we work with an award-winning roaster 
that's located in just south of Seattle, Washington. They are incredible. Their quality is phenomenal. They're they're not cheap, but that's that's you know, by design. And and I just refuse to compromise on quality. So I think that's a huge a huge part of things. When you get to our window, right? So if we take your order outside and you get to the window to pick up your coffee, we have a team member who is specifically dedicated to focus on that position, on having a conversation and engaging. So a lot of places you go might open the window, take a payment, close the window, turn their back, and then bring your drink back out. The window stays open every single second of the day that we are open. And we have someone Mm. whose sole job is to focus on that on that relationship and talking to that customer, right? And and not everybody wants to talk, but most people are very pleasantly surprised where we're asking them about their day. We're asking about what they're doing. And it's just it's a great way to build relationships. That's, that's super interesting. It leads to me to, to the next question because in our conversations you came, you mentioned something to me when I thought, okay, you really thought about that experience because you to create that experience, you need to have something I call it something that works at home, something in the background nobody knows, and you called it the three C's of a uh, clutch. Can you talk a bit about that to, to the audience? Because again, you defined very all early on your journey. This is how you do and live things in principle. Absolutely. So the three C's of clutch are customer, culture, and community. And none of those can be sacrificed for the other. So if we start with customer. That is, we, we tell our employees, that is the lifeblood. They're the ones that actually sign your checks. I, I'm just a purveyor, right? That they are the ones that support us on a, on a daily basis. And so they are the, if you take care of them, they're going to take care of you. So that, that hyper-focus on, on customer and the customer service is everything. Um, from the cultural aspect, that really pertains to our employees, right? Are we creating an environment that people are excited to come to work? Or do they say, I have to go to work today? And we, we strive for the former uh, in spades. So are we, pro- are we providing an, an environment where, you know, they're getting to listen to music they like, work with people that become their friends. It's in an up pace, upbeat environment. You know, do they enjoy that aspect and getting to, and they make, you know, making tips every day. So are you providing a, a really fun environment for people? And then the community aspect, kind of like we touched on is what are we doing specifically to impact a community, right? And so like we're we're opening a new location in about a month and a half. And I've already been in contact with there's a high school just down the road. And so we've been in contact with the with the principal there. And we are gonna do a couple different things. We do this with every opening that we that we do. We find a local local school. We will do a day where we we provide coffee for the entire faculty for free to just support them. My mom was a high school English teacher, so I have a, a soft spot for for education. And then additionally, we will take a day once we open and we do what we call a, a proceeds day where we will donate 100% of what we would normally make that day. And it goes directly to the school. There's no strings attached. We want to be a great partner in the community. And usually that opens up. Well, the first question we get is what's the catch? There is no catch. It's, it's meant to be a force for good. And then Beyond that, you know, I think it opens up other relationships where they say, gosh, we have these events coming up. Could we collaborate? Could you support? And yeah, the answer is almost always yes. And and come diving into the culture bit, which also I call the people bit, like 
what is your approach to people? Why it's different than others? What is like your strategy? Why is it that, you know, you, because you scale quite fast. And I, in my experiences, especially if you don't have that factor really well balanced or really agile, that's where many gets into trouble as they scale their concept, brands, and story. Yes. So it's it's just a very strong focus on finding the right people. And they're they're hard to find. So when you do find them, make sure you take very good care of them. When you set the, the tone on the culture, I think there's a lot to be said for being able to organically home grow people that 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 join and say, wow, I actually could make this more than just a stepping stone. I could make a career out of this. I really want to continue to to grow and I enjoy what I'm doing. So being focused on that at all times. I just had a call earlier today with our leadership team. And one of the big focal points we want for 2024 is how do we invest into our employees more, right? How do we continue to make sure that despite all the crazy days and the things that are, that are exhausting, like how do we have fun and, and just really invest into them? So I think with a younger workforce that we have, which, you know, is, is kind of how our industry has shifted here in the States. With a younger workforce, it's imperative to keep things engaging. And I think an engaged employee is, is more willing to do the things that are asked versus, versus not filling their cup and just always, you know, always asking things of them. Is there like any specific, you know, things you think that you do that other businesses don't do when it comes to the people part? It's like any specific tactics in the recruitment process where you think you have actually thought differently to make sure when you find the right one, they stay on board, but also they come on board. Sure. I don't know if, I don't know if we necessarily, you know, invented the wheel on anything there. I think the two biggest things are we're very disciplined on not, we're not just going to hire a warm body. If they don't, if they don't fit the culture and the brand, it's not going to happen. Our, I can hear our our director of growth. I can hear her voice in my head right now. And the phrase she uses is, if they're not a hell yes, they're a hell no. And so mm. just be really disciplined on who are we going to bring into, into the environment, into the culture, because it could take one bad apple to just kind of become toxic in a, you know, in an area. So being very disciplined on that. And then the other thing I think is just looking for people that have the right, what I call the right DNA. And it doesn't mean that you have necessarily have copy experience or any specific experience. It's more about the intangibles, right? Are you positive and energetic? Are you accountable? Are you reliable? Those, if you have those things, we can teach you anything else. And, and that is part of our, I think that's part of our mission too, is to provide people with life skills that they're going to take way beyond clutch. That's part of our responsibility is to, to give them some of those because I got that when I was younger and, and it, it stuck with me, you know, to this point. What is, how do you, you know, you talk a lot about the, the art of customer service in other stuff as I was preparing a bit, like it's a bit lost, you know, how are you finding, you know, the power back in customer service? What are you doing that's different than others? You know, I guess that lots of people are very good at having that connection and so on, but I guess you almost need to systemize that as you grow as well. What is it that you are doing? Like, what do you have like a philosophy you're trying to install in your sites but what is it that you are you're doing like to get this like you know changing the art of customer service in coffee 
I think it's talking about it and trying to embody it all the time. The I think about the book The Advantage by Lencioni and, and talking about like yeah. are are you are you consistently reemphasizing your core values, right? And at times we we might drift away from, you know, they're there, but do we talk about them, right? And one of our, one of the values we have is serving positive energy, serve positive mm. energy. And that comes in every form, right? It comes in the literal form of, of caffeine and energy, but are you serving positive energy to everybody that you interact with? So that's the milkman that's dropping things off. That's your coworkers. That's the, that's your, your customers, your, your, your end blind customers. And if you're, if you're doing those things, I think you know, in a way that negativity can spread like wildfire, well, so can positivity if you put effort into it. And it's hard, it's not easy, but when you do those things, it's really cool to see a team bond together. You start to see people hang out outside of work and then they, or they come by on their day off because they want, like that's, that's, a, that's when you know you've got something that's going well when they're like, I want to come by and hang out, or I want to, you know, like mm. who's, who, who's doing that, working at a job they don't enjoy, right? So yeah, I think it's talking about it a lot and, and then embodying that and, and living that out. And it's every layer of leadership. So if something doesn't go well, it's not showing frustration. It's leading by example because you need them to do the same thing when no one's around. I love to work with the team over at Bissimple because they are always striving to get better. 1% better every day. So I had to share this with you because Bissimple have launched a new broadcast which highlights some of their favorite Hospitality Maverick podcast episodes over time. And if you're new or hardcore super fan of the show, this is a perfect opportunity to catch up with some of the standout episodes from our massive back catalog. The Bissimple team has and will be extensively transcribing interesting moments from each episode while providing some new insights on our brilliant guest, the Mavericks. There's already some great write-ups with Mavericks like Chef Chantel Nicholson and the co-founder of Singerman's Community of Businesses, Ari Weinswein. Find them at thissimply.com slash blog and click broadcast on the right side menu. Enjoy. Super interesting that story you told about if you think back, probably when you listen to a program where there were actually you worked in a hospitality environment where you actually wanted to come when you were off. And you also know the people was doing that, they were a principal, the culture carrier, and your your talent pipeline going forward because they really, really bought into the core of what, you know, the clutch is about or whatever company is about. I think that's really, really interesting. And I think also the it's really like, especially in a time we're in, like, you know, how can you actually reinforce something that you are in control of, like positivity, like, and it's so hard, you know, you, I, you know, even, you know, any, everybody has an optimistic, I believe I have an optimistic view on the world, but even I, I have to really fight for being there because there's so many forces in the world right now in business and you know, politics and so on, that's actually pulling me in the right direction. So I can go to some kind of, touch point in my day where i know if that's hospitality or customer service or whatever it is it actually injects positivity into my life i would pay for that because it's like you need you need more of that because most 
most places are gloom and doom and or you know negative stories the, the news and, is a great place to start you know yeah yeah well and, and we tell our employees I, this is a this is just a life mantra for me but there are two things that you are always in control of and that's your attitude and your effort nobody yeah. can take that away from you nobody like you are in control of those things at all times so even if you know even if things go crazy or go sideways you are still in absolute control of those and again it's hard but I think that's also what leadership looks like and being able to, to say, okay, guys, we're going to be all right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to you know, triage this and move forward. And we try to emphasize that a lot. What is the, one of the biggest issues you would like to see solving? You know, we are we're part of an industry that has and are still under huge pressure that, of course, people there's there's wins but there's also a lot huge of challenges with that but what would you like to see if that just could go away then the, the industry would be a better place tomorrow that's a great question i think you know what's interesting is if you deliver a phenomenal experience for customers whether that's whether that's the engagement the speed the quality you people are going to are instantly are going to hold you accountable to that exact level forever after that. Right. Yeah. And, and so sometimes you become a victim of your own success on that. And I think, I think what could be, you know, I, I don't want to say, Hey, let's, let's provide leniency on, on that. But just like any person, just like any business, there's going to be great days and there's going to be other days where it's not operating at full, at full spin. And so I think, you know, sometimes people like to be what I would call uh keyboard warriors and uh, you know yeah. you have you have nine great experiences and then you have one and it just really messes with your day and so you decide to leave a one-star review and it's like okay like is that really reflective of your entire uh, experience there so you know I, I we encourage to help to help combat that and then also just try to like, like put the positive energy into the universe you know I encourage our leaders like if you visit somewhere and you have a great experience Take the extra two minutes and leave them a review because we know how much it matters for us. Leave them a five-star review. Let them know how they're doing. I bet you it matters more than you realize. And we review those every single week uh, as a team. So we have a, a scorecard. We can see exactly the positive. So we don't just share, okay, we got it. Here was a negative review. What does that look like? Of course, we look at those, but we also share all of the wins. And so there's a whole section that's specific comments and feedback from customers and we take that and and share that on our manager meeting so they can see here's what customers are saying about your store in a positive manner we have to serve some of that positive energy as well um otherwise it can just be a you know a pot of negativity and it's really interesting you know because i like things like in the companies i've been and, and reading about it's about you know there's this gratitude for actually enforcing the good behavior because actually often what you you know, when you're busy, you focusing on the mistakes instead of saying, okay, well, well, what do we actually do really, really well? You know, and I, getting that reinforced across the, the sites. I love that. I think that's, that's a very powerful and probably also boost the, the, the culture and the psychological safety as well that, you know, it's not about making mistakes, exactly celebrating successes together as well. I, I love that. What is, what is one of the, the most significant learnings? Because you started the business, you know, almost perfect timing and then all the challenges but especially in the last couple of years like it seems like the whole hospitality food everything has changed a bit that's what i hear and people find it very hard but what have your 
learning been the last couple of years as a CEO of a, a very fast growing company? Your, your key learning? I think the biggest key learning is that you have to be ready and willing to adapt. Everything is going to to change. That's that is the that is the constant is change, and it's at every layer, right? It's how you approach oversight. It's how do, what does my day to day look like? I mean, I starting the business was inside the store, teaching people to open, to close, all of those things, getting into the community. And that's my favorite part. Like, I wish I could do that all day. Unfortunately, I can't, but it, it's evolving, right? So now, you know, my day gets, gets filled with more of the high level. Like, how do we continue to keep the company growing to provide opportunities for people to, to grow within it? So I think the takeaway is you have to be willing to adapt and roll with things. I tell people, you know, when you're going to set out and start something, have your plan. And it needs to be a very detailed, very dialed plan. But also, and I, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Can I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be prepared for the plan to go to shit because mm. oftentimes it can. And, and you have to be ready to have a, a plan B and to be able to, to, to take the hit and keep going. Right. And, and so I just think being able to, to, to be uh, flexible and understand that things are going to change and evolve. And that's part of, that's part of growing. Yeah. And as often like I, I, I've had the conversation with a couple of people recently, it's not because you didn't make the right call. There's just things that's out of your control because you still made a good plan and you were following that plan to somebody told you there's an obstacle here and it's going to send you in a totally different direction. And the quicker you can radical accept that, I think it take me years to get there where I like to be in control and manage the situation, but sometimes you just can't and you just have to flow with the, the river and, you know, be a good swimmer because that's actually what it's more about, you know, keeping that attitude and that effort putting into it and actually just learn quickly and unlearn what didn't work. You know, that might, it might work last year, but this year it's not going to work. And that's not how it is. The numbers are not numbers are not telling you that's going to work so yeah i love that how do you then you know there's there's new things you're saying your job now is more looking ahead evolving new things that's something you're very specifically excited about right now that's happening in the organization that you are looking at that they're potentially going to change the game for for your guys and bring a new dimension to the business great question uh, i think there's a couple things i mean on the on the personnel side we are, you know, as we grew, we kind of went out into some new cities and planted a flagpole. And that's hard to do when you put them on an island. Very hard in the beginning uh, when you're talking about it being a couple hours away or more from your core. Now we are starting to infill some of those areas and we're starting to see some of the benefits from that where we're able to home grow talent that then wants to transfer over and manage a new location. Or as an example, this, this newest location we're going to open is near two other recently opened ones. We now can get our training done faster and ahead of time in an actual store that's open versus going somewhere new and saying, okay, we're going to try to simulate what this looks like when there's 12 cars in line and you've got to average a minute or less per car. We can now actually get them live reps at another location. And I think that's immense for their training because it gets them to take the training wheels off a lot faster. So I'm excited about that. And then on the product side, I think it's just continuing to innovate. The space is becoming, you know, very, very unique in terms of people trying out different, different things, whether it's not just coffee, but energy drinks, customized energy drinks is huge here in the, in mm. the U S and, and then putting 
different toppings on. I think there's so much creativity that can happen there. And then you can create drinks that arguably aren't available anywhere else. And so you're, you're really carving out a spot where it's like, oh my gosh, this was so good, but it's only at clutch. You've got to go get it at that clutch. And, and it's funny you talk about energy drinks because it's in principle a competitor for the coffee because I, I want the coffee to give me, you know, first of all, I love the taste, but also I like the, the boost it gives me. And I guess you're then creating a, a product, you know, you can say it supports it, but is that to bring in new customer groups or is that to sell to the existing? What, what is the idea around doing energy drinks? That, you know, whether it's energy drinks, smoothies, juices, teas, Hopefully there's something for everybody. Energy drinks have caught on, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's a generational shift. So in, in the same manner that like my parents would always drink hot coffee, right? Or that was kind of the, the thing. 80% of the coffee we sell now is either iced or blended. 80%. Mm. It's crazy. And I, I, I love it because you can be more consistent versus steaming milk is, has more variants. And, and I think there's also just a, a generational shift of, you know, finding other forms of of caffeine if someone doesn't necessarily like like coffee or maybe they don't want to have the dairy that's there and so they're shifting towards energy drinks it also is fruit flavor centric so the way we make it is taking you know we just we are just launching our own energy drink now which i'm excited about but then taking that and infusing it with whatever fruit flavor you want like a fruit flavored syrup and so you can really customize that beverage and we can do it over ice or blended. It's kind of like an energy slushy, and it's just unique. And I think it, it's something that our core competitors aren't doing in the area that we're in, and so it's a huge advantage for us. And are you expecting to take that, you know, to sell retail as well? Is that also how you look at it in the future, like another income stream into the business? Or yeah, I think it's got potential down the line. I think we would for retail. I think we need to have greater brand density for people to understand what it is to walk into a grocery store and say, I, you know, oh, great. I want to grab, grab the energy drink. The initial goal was controlling more of the supply chain, creating yeah. a better product and, and decreasing our cost of goods. Yeah. It's going to be exciting to, to follow how that, 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 that's evolved. How, how is, how are you like the, you know, just turn the light back on, on you as the CEO of such a fast growing business. You have two, business partner to co-founders with you there, but how you're ensuring you that you actually, you know, find the right spot, because as you say, it's changing all the time and the speed you've been moving in, how do you make sure that you are, you know, in, you know, the right mind every day you go into the, the challenge of running a growing business? That's a, that's one of the best questions I think I've ever been asked. I think for me, I just, I, I'm, I'm wired to be a servant leader. That's, that's just the approach I try to take every day. And I think about it and say that there are, there are hundreds of people that are counting on me to bring my best and to deliver. And if I fall short of that, I am doing them a disservice. Like they are entrusting me with their time, their effort, their energy. It's my responsibility to deliver on that. And you're right. It's not always easy, but there is no backstop behind me. I am backstop for better or for worse. So I think as a, as a leader at any level in the organiza organization, if you think about it from that lens of, you know, you need to be that, that rock for people. I think it builds trust, respect. And I don't know, I just, I enjoy it. Like I, 
I thrive off of creating opportunity for others and then seeing them grow. You know, there's someone I'm uh, in our organization I'm thinking about right now that started off as a barista, then became a shift lead, assistant manager, store manager, regional, and, you know, and, and everybody loves playing for him and working for him because he's a servant leader himself. And because he, he does think he doesn't, nothing's above him, right? Takes out the trash, stays late to help do things like just puts in the effort. And I think that builds a lot of, uh, a lot of respect. So Peter Perez, if you're listening, that's a shout out to you. We'll, we'll make sure to, 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 to have a shout out to him and try to make push the episode over to him. That sounds like somebody that really has put a, a mark on you. Another thing I noticed from our previous conversation, because behind me, as people know, I love books and I read a lot of books and especially business books and, <laughs> And last time I talked with Darren, we started talking about, we ended on books somehow. And could you just share with me, you like some of your favorite business book? We have one, I know that she had, it's good to great. We really, both of us was into the Jim Collins world. And, and I can see that as you talk about the business as well, but like other books that you say, these are the must read books. And then talk a bit about how you use this book internally as well, which I also thought was an interesting conversation topic last time. Sure. Um, I mean, so the advantage, which I was, which I was talking about yeah. earlier, I think it's a pretty impactful one. And, you know, how do we use it internally? We actually have every quarter, our managers will read a book together. And then they talk about every week, they read a chapter and they talk about it. And what I love about the structure there is it's not, it, it's, we call on like, we're going to call on you and you're going to, to share, right? So we'll find out if you actually did the reading or not. But then it allows people, like everybody has different takeaways that things that stood out to them. And I think it allows iron to sharpen iron where, where you are going through that together. You also now have a shared experience that you created by, by reading this book together and achieving and accomplishing something together. So we do that on the manager level, managers and regional managers. And then as a leader, as an executive leadership team, we read... We aim to read two books a quarter as a team. We're part of the pinnacle leadership program. And so there are certain things that are assigned that we that we focus on. And I think in the same manner, it's it's getting us to think about the business, how we lead, how we overcome obstacles. And again, doing that together, we have, you know, we meet up in person because we're kind of geographically spread out. We meet up in person to go over things specifically. So that's one. Another another book that's a personal favorite of mine is How to Win at the Sport of Business, and it's mm. by it's by Mark Cuban, who is who is a, a tech a tech founder and then the, owns the Dallas Mavericks NBA basketball team, and and so you know the key messages and takeaways there is that business is a twenty four seven three sixty five game that never ends and. If you're not doing something to grow, you are essentially dying because other people are continuing to to work, right? And so it's kind of the, the, the thought process of the challenge of how do you continue to to push and to innovate and to be to be competitive? Yes, yeah, because very interesting because business has now changed to that. But before actually the business day ended at some point yeah. and actually everybody was off. That's not how it is anymore. You are continuously being pushed by others that's working when you're not working in some kind of format, even if you're employed in a job or whatever it is. And the only thing you can do is like push your own towards your own best self. As I say, that's your most important job. 
as a, a leader or an individual. Well, and I think you can use it to your advantage too. Like we have, we have four virtual assistants that help in different areas of the business, whether it's graphic design or building our ad campaigns for social media. And they're based in the Philippines. And so like oftentimes I will send over a project or a task before I go to sleep. And then because of the time difference, when I wake up, it's usually done and in my inbox. So you can use it to your advantage as well. Yeah, that's a great way. And also using like virtual assistants, really interesting as an organization structure, even the growth you've been through and the size you are, you're actually using, you know, you know, the, the, the freelancer world and the, and the, the global and the global reach you can do with that as well. I think that's really, really interesting because normally in hospitality, we want to own all the headcounts and that just makes things slower in a way. And you might not always get the best product as well. So. Yeah. Um, what is what is the question you wish I've asked you, Darren? And what would the question be? And what would you answer? The question that I wish you had asked. That's that's good. I, I guess maybe where is Clutch headed in the next in the next you know one three five years? And the the answer to that is we have a, a goal to get to fifty locations by the end of twenty twenty six. So yeah. we are we are just about to open number ten. By the end of next year, we'll be at twenty, and so it's it's you know which is a big challenge. I think the biggest thing is the human capital and finding yeah. the right people. It's you know I was just reading about the other day about Crumble Cookies and how they have nine hundred locations in like six years, and they went they went the franchising route. But when you grow that fast, right? Like what is that, ex- you know, do you get the right people? And what does that experience look like when you visit locations? And so we are just innately focused on the right people, the right experience for customers, because I think that's just one of the biggest differentiators. So I'm just really excited about our, our growth and where we're going. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting how you, you see that that challenge is also, in my experience, the the hardest to crack. But if you crack that, then there's also, you know, infinity, you know, possibilities. Because then, then you know, that's where most get wrong, or where they have to claw back and figure that out. Because it's not the amount of properties often that's the challenge. It's more the the human capital. I love that. Is there any advice you want to give to leaders out there that also are building growing their businesses like the, the top advice you would give them in as the world is today great question i think the biggest thing is is being a servant leader that's critically important to me i think because that's how you're going to build buy-in that's how you're going to build trust and, and there are points in time where i strive to be that and maybe i have veered off the path right and so it's like how quickly can you get back mm. onto that and make sure that you make sure that you stay on that. And, and then I think also including key people in decision-making, right. doesn't mean it has to be a democracy per se, but making sure people are bought in. It's not just, here's what we're doing. Go do this. Make sure they have a chance to, to participate, right. There's certain things there that, you know, let's say there was three choices on something. I might in my mind have a very clear idea of what I think should be the top choice, but I also could live with all three. They would be fine. And so use that as an opportunity to share with people and say, hey, what are your thoughts? What do you think? And maybe they end up at the same answer. Maybe they don't. But giving them a chance to be bought into that, I think, is really important. So 
So, you know, getting the feedback, but then at the end of the day, making sure you're a servant leader in your actions will, will serve you very well. And I loved you were very honest. It's very hard to be, you know, a hundred percent all the time. We all step aside, even though we want to be the best version of the servant leader, as you call it. So the servant leadership is quite a, a high calling, which is quite hard to, to, to attain. And you probably never attain it. You just have to work towards that very high standard of being in service to, to, to other people. Where can people find out more about Clutch and connect with you? And if they have additional questions, where's the best place? Yeah, a couple spots. So our, our website is clutchcoffeebar.com. Our social media handles for Instagram and, and TikTok and things of that nature is at Clutch Coffee Bar. So pretty straightforward there. Absolutely available on LinkedIn as well. I think I'm actually probably wearing this hoodie in my in my picture that's on there. Would be happy to connect with anybody, and and if you know any listeners have questions afterwards, I'm happy to to connect and support. And you know, we, I did a podcast recently where someone had aspirations of starting their own drive-through location in a state totally different than ours, and so we you know made time. We hopped on a phone call and chatted through some of the things that I felt were key elements to get them started. So I'm happy to help anybody that's looking to grow, whether it's coffee or, or else. Awesome. Awesome, Darren. Thank you so much for, for coming on the, the show. We send you and the, the team power and energy, especially because we are in December. So I know it's a, <laughs> it's a busy month. So yeah, so power and energy to get through that and, and also have a great next year. There's lots of exciting opportunities and challenges ahead. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much for having me, Michael. And uh, you have a phenomenal podcast. I appreciate Let me be a part of it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others, rate it or give it a review or subscribe to one of our channels because all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. I believe that reading books is key to become a great leader. So I've helped you with a curated list of some of the books that have impacted the guests here on the show and myself over the years. Find it on Hospitality Mavericks website, hospitalitymavericks.com, under the reading list. A big thank you to BizTemple for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at bizsimply.com, on their social, at bizsimply or bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly at podcast at besimply.com. If you have any ideas and feedback for the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or my email, michael at hospitalitymaverick.com. I'm Michael Tinkser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick!